Section twelve of Unvarnished Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by John Brandon. Unvarnished Tales by William McKay. Section twelve. A dignified dipsomaniac. A most remarkable man, sir said the secretary of the teetotal union to the president but don't he strike you as being a trifle a trifle soiled eh asked the president glancing down at his own immaculate shirt cuffs no replied the secretary hesitatingly he's a most dignified man most dignified and in his dress shoot most impressive but really now mr bottle i thought you know that he rather smelt of beer just a little eh suggested the president beer echoed the secretary in a tone of mingled astonishment and indignation beer why sir he's one of the most ardent spirits engaged in the teetotal cause he has been one of us for upwards of ten years or more and before that eh he was on the press hmm observed the president but he's quite reformed now answered the secretary to the objection implied in the president's monosyllable and you say he is really eloquent remarkably so very remarkably so in fact i may say a perfect j b goff has he written in favor of the cause largely sir his tracks is well known then send him in again the subject of this conversation which took place in the committee room of the teetotal union in aldersgate street city stood in an outer chamber gravely contemplative all that mr bottle the secretary had urged in favour of his dignified demeanour was quite justified by his appearance but the reflections of alderman lamb the president were also to a great extent borne out by what little of him was visible to the naked eye indeed the remarkable man was a trifle more than soiled he was very dirty he might be described as an old young man he had curly grey hair thin and rather distinguished features a small nervous hand an imperturbable solemnity of expression and a dignity of pose worthy the immortal mr turydrop at the bidding of the secretary he re-entered the sanctum of the president to whom he bowed low and impressively he sat in the chair offered to him and looked at mr lamb as though he would have said to that worthy alderman and spectacle-maker will you have your case disposed of now or do you wish it sent to the assizes our mr bottle began the president as mr browley the remarkable man bowed condescendingly to that functionary our mr bottle suggests that you should temporarily fill the place of one of our regular lecturers a lecture is announced for tomorrow night at the temperance hall new cut the remuneration is small two pounds in fact will you accept the offer sir replied mr browley in solemn tones you honor me i accept i went on the alderman will be in the chair you overwhelm me with honors replied mr browley with another obeisance 
and may i ask said the president the title of your lecture with pleasure sir indeed you have a right to know i call it an oration it is entitled the demon drink capital capital said the alderman rubbing his hands as if relishing the idea of being made personally acquainted with a demon in question and you won't forget the hour eight o'clock at the temperance hall good-bye mr browley glad to have made your acquaintance but mr browley made no motion of withdrawal with a slight movement of the right hand he signalled that he was about to speak excuse me he said but there is a slight preliminary i have made it a rule in dealing with religious and philanthropic societies always to extort a small sum in advance as a pledge of good faith i am not in any want of money nor do i doubt your ability and willingness to pay it but i have made it a rule and i invariably insist on compliance with it if you will pay me half a sovereign not necessarily for publication but as a guarantee of good faith i will accept that amount certainly my dear sir mr bottle pray let the gentleman have ten shillings or a sovereign if he wants it i said half a sovereign said the lecturer impressively that sum was handed to him by mr bottle who took his receipt and mr browley appeared once more in the outer air for a remarkable man with a great interest in the temperance cause it must be admitted that his first two visits were somewhat singular in their nature his first visit was to a pawnbroker's where he redeemed a dress suit pledged for three shillings and his next visit was to a public house where he called for a pint of bitter and burton in a pewter that's both meat and drink he murmured as he licked his lips it was evident that the remarkable man spoke from conviction for he hardly passed a tavern on his way from town to the remoter slums of islington without eating and drinking after the same fashion with this slight variation that at the last half-dozen houses of call he substituted for the beer that decoction which mr eclaise alludes to as cool refreshing gin he reeled at last into his own street and staggered into the one room occupied by himself and his wife he threw the bundle of dress clothes on the bed maggie get me that demon drink i'm going to deliver the demon to-morrow d'ye hear but john remember what the doctor said at the hospital all excitement is so bad for you damn the doctors produce the demon d'ye hear and so alternately damning the doctors and demanding the demon he sank on the bed and snored the snore of the drunk she knelt by his side and wept and god help her prayed she remembered him you see when he returned from college with his university honors thick upon him and before the demon had got him tight there was a great audience the next night at the new cut hall and mr browley in his dress clothes looked somewhat more presentable than on the previous day his wife had managed to procure linen and the worthy alderman in the chair was quite pleased and encouraged by the improved appearance of the lecturer though it is true he once whispered to mr bottle that he thought he detected a very strong smell of drink in the room mr browley was in due course presented to the large and highly expectant audience and it must be admitted that rarely had an audience the opportunity of listening to an oration of such force and vigour 
the whole figure of the lecturer seemed to change his face glowed the assumption of hauteur left him as he assailed the drink demon and portrayed his victims now a torrent of applause followed some well-aimed hit at the vendors of drink and now some pathetic anecdote drew tears from the eyes of his auditors the alderman was enchanted and applauded vociferously now agreeing with his secretary that mr browley was indeed a very remarkable man presently the lecturer proceeded to deal with the awful disease which turns the habitual drunkard into a dangerous maniac he described the progress and effect of delirium tremens his eyes now flashed wildly as he portrayed to the affrighted audience devils from the pit of hell and goblin forms and pursuing shapes of beast and reptile his body swayed to and fro he spoke in gasps his mouth seemed parched and hot now his eyeballs appeared to shoot from his head and his arms were moved in front of him as if to ward off the creatures of his fancies the effect was electrical the audience rose at him and followed his effort with long continued applause in the middle of it all the lecturer's face appeared to grow livid his eyes fixed and his limbs stiff he placed his left hand to his temple and with his stretched forefinger pointed in front of him then he moaned as a wild animal moans in pain and fell backward on the platform a wild shriek burst from the back of the hall as his wife rushed forward jumped upon the platform and threw herself on the prostrate body a doctor arrived in due course drunk inquired mr bottle when he had examined him no dead answered the physician end of section twelve